It's January 3rd, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. A third of the global economy will be in recession this year. The head of the International Monetary Fund has warned, according to the BBC. The IMF's Kristalina Georgieva said 2023 will be tougher than last year as the U.S., EU, and China see their economies slow. Even countries that are not in recession, it would feel like recession for hundreds of millions of people, she added. The IMF cut its outlook for global economic growth in 2023 back in October due to the war in Ukraine as well as higher interest rates as central banks around the world attempt to rein in rising prices. Al Jazeera is reporting that China has called the mounting international restrictions on travelers from its territory unacceptable after more than a dozen countries placed new coronavirus curbs on visitors from China. The United States, Canada, Japan, and France are among countries insisting all travelers from China provide negative COVID-19 tests before arrival as concerns grow over a surge in cases. The rules imposed affect all travelers coming from China, not just Chinese nationals, while Beijing continues to restrict inbound visitors and not issue visas for tourists or international students. Countries, including the United States, have also cited Beijing's lack of transparency about infection data and the risk of new variants as a reason to restrict travelers. China has only recorded 22 COVID deaths since December and has dramatically narrowed the criteria for classifying such deaths, meaning that Beijing's own statistics about the unprecedented wave are now widely seen as not reflecting reality. South Korea and the United States are discussing joint plans and implementation of U.S. nuclear operations to counter North Korea and hope to conduct a tabletop exercise soon, officials from both sides said earlier today. Reuters is reporting that a senior U.S. administration official said both sides are looking at enhanced information sharing, joint contingency planning, and an eventual tabletop exercise following a request from their presidents after a meeting in Cambodia in November to explore ways to address North Korea's threats. The timing of the planned tabletop exercises has not been finalized, but they would take place in the not-too-distant future and cover scenarios including nuclear situations, the official said. Elsewhere, Political Europe is reporting that Belgian investigators have asked the European Parliament to waive the immunity of two more MEPs suspected of wrongdoing amid a sprawling corruption scandal linked to alleged bribery by Qatar and Morocco. Socialists and Democrats lawmakers Mark Tarabella, a Belgian MEP, and Andrea Cozzolino, an Italian, are those now being targeted, according to an EU official close to the matter, as well as an insider in the S&D group in the parliament. Both spoke on the condition of anonymity in order not to jeopardize the legal procedure. 
The Belgian prosecutor declined to provide comment. The parliament has vowed to crack down on corruption and illicit lobbying, deciding in December to establish a special committee to run in parallel with the probe by Belgian prosecutor Michel Kleiss. According to the Times of Israel, National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir visited the Temple Mount early this morning, his first trip to the holy site since taking up his ministerial post last week. The visit came hours after reports that he had agreed to put off the visit following a meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and despite condemnation from the opposition and threats from the Gaza-ruling Hamas terror group. Quote, Our government will not surrender to threats from Hamas, Ben-Gavir said at the conclusion of his visit, which reportedly lasted some 15 minutes and passed without immediate incident. Deutsche Welle is reporting that Mexico's Supreme Court chose the first female chief justice in its history, though her election wasn't without controversy. Justice Norma Lucia Pina was sworn in as the first female president of Mexico's Supreme Court on Monday. Her appointment, after a 6-5 majority vote, was a setback for President Andres Manuel López Obrador, who has backed another woman for the top post. The president has pushed a number of controversial laws through Congress, only to see them blocked by the courts, and getting an ally elected as chief justice was seen as key for López Obrador. The Straits Times reports that a steady stream of tens of thousands of people filed into St. Peter's Basilica on Monday to pay their respects to former Pope Benedict XVI, whose body was lying in state without any papal paraphernalia ahead of his funeral later this week. Security was tight, with visitors going through several checkpoints before entering the basilica. Many stopped to pray after viewing the body or stayed to attend Mass in side chapels. It was not clear if the pastoral cross or any other items he used will be buried with him, but the decision not to have them during the public viewing appeared to have been decided to underscore that he no longer was Pope when he died. The Vatican has painstakingly elaborate rituals for what happens after a reigning Pope dies, but none for a former Pope. So what happens in the next few days could become the template for future former Popes. In lighter news from the AP, Scott Stallings received an invitation to the Masters and the Georgia resident most likely will be there, as a guest of the PGA Tour player by the same name for whom the coveted invitation was intended. Stallings, who qualified for the Masters by reaching the Tour Championship last year, didn't realize what had happened until the other Scott Stallings sent him a series of messages on Instagram alerting him to the male mix-up. Hi Scott, my name is Scott Stallings as well and I'm from Georgia. My wife's name is Jennifer, too. I received a FedEx today from the Masters inviting me to play in the Masters tournament April 6th through the 9th, 2023. I'm 100% sure this is not for me. Invitations were sent to eligible players the week before Christmas when club chairman Fred Ridley announced the criteria 
would be unchanged from the previous year. Stallings said he checked his mail every day and began to wonder where his was. Turns out the other Scott Stallings can plan on a trip to Augusta National too. We're going to give him some practice round tickets and take him to dinner on Monday night for doing the right thing, Stallings said. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, we'll speak with Katie Howland about the latest legislation on unidentified aerial phenomena. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.